Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you own a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Get in touch with Evan Orvath or contact one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by CircleBDieCast.com. If you're looking for any diecast or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to go check them out and use promo code BFP123 for $5 off your shipping costs on orders over $20. We would also like to thank Any Racing News, The Graphics Coop, and Daniel Eugene Photography for their support, and of course, the pals over on Patreon. If you haven't yet, go over to patreon.com slash blackflaggedpodcast and subscribe for $4.69 a month. You get some merchandise discounts, some monthly giveaways, and of course, some exclusive content. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh, Occasional alcohol consumption. Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good all right boys and girls welcome back to the black flag podcast this is going to be episode 174 we are yeah right we just had that conversation (laughs) literally 173 uh we we had hand signals and everything mid uh mid intro there 173 of the black flag podcast uh as always i am charlie sanborn you are bradley saucier and you are bobby timmons that is at C Sanborn III. That is at B Sauce 96. And that is at Bobby Timmons 13. Together, we are at Black Flag Pod on all things social media. We have an SRX race on the middle TV right now. Incredible coverage by CBS. But uh, racing was had by Bob on Saturday uh, and 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 all sorts of good weekend stuff. And I think, Bradley, you did you did some not as many race car things. But yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't partake in really any race car things aside from go karts on Friday. Obviously, that we all partook in. Um, not my, as much of a clusterfuck as last week. No, my uh, my weekend actually really started uh, on Thursday night when I went to Morgan Wallen. Uh, obviously, that was uh, that was a great show. Something I've been looking forward to for me. very long time. Pour me another round. I uh, I bought tickets back in like more, Let's go. I bought tickets in like October Brad just looked of last at me year. Like, are you done yet? Um, <laughs> well, people like message me like on Wednesdays and Thursdays. They're like, do they always just talk over you? And I'm like, yeah. Do you listen to the show? <laughs> like one starts and then it's the other side and then it's like both of my heads are like I'm fucking like spinning around. I'm like in a tornado right now. Yeah, going on three years um, now. <laughs> yeah, so I bought tickets like back in October or whatever last year, whenever they first went on sale. Um, and uh, I've been looking forward to it ever since. And I uh, got there pretty early. I tailgated for a little bit. Went into the concert. Great show. Um, I would put it solidly number two under uh, the MGK concert from last year uh, at wherever the fuck we went. Mohegan. Um, that was probably the best show. I, I don't know how I'll ever see a better concert than that. But um, that was a time. That definitely uh, is number one. Number two, definitely go to the Morgan Wallen show. But uh, afterwards, there was a bit of... Uh, drama i not really controversy controversy um so at some point in the night whatever i'm like dancing with a bunch of strangers because again i went there alone um and uh my best friend ty and his wife now Kristen, they were also there as well so they were obviously going to dance do their own thing and i didn't want to you know third wheel that aggressively so i'm like dancing with strangers um and i want point movie, isn't it 
I went, I think so. Well, my life is a movie, so that makes sense. Um, and at one point, I went to go take a piss. Dances with Strangers, the story of Brad Sauce here. It, it legitimately, it could have been throughout this whole weekend. So I went to go take a piss, came back. These people who I had became very good friends with, um, they weren't in the same spot that I was. Either that or I didn't go back to the same spot that I was in, which very much, like, either one could have happened. Um, and... So I start dancing with this other group of um, people. And so night goes on. I like looked around at one point. I'm like, I don't know where Ty and Kristen are. And then I see them at like the back of the, the pit. And they were like waving to me or like waving at me. And I was just like, oh, like wave back. You know, like I thought they were just like, oh, like this is where we're at. I think that, that what they were doing was saying we are heading towards the exit. And I just didn't get the hand gesture because I saw some stories where they were at the other end of the pit, uh, completely on the other side of the stage. And uh, so, long story short, I lost them. Um, before the concert, we were like, oh, like after the show, there's no reason to really rush out of here. One way in, one way out. And uh, we're going to meet back at the cars, maybe you know, have a, have a drink or whatever. And then we we're all going to go back to a hotel that they had booked about 15 minutes away. Um, so, again, I lose them. The Right as the show ends, I immediately head out to my car. Their car is now no longer there. They are no longer there. There's a lot of traffic. I get it. I sit down, basically start the car. I'm sitting there for all of 10 minutes and I could not traffic any less. Uh, I think that we all are in the same boat where it comes to, you know, just not trafficking. Um, So I sat down for about 10 minutes, turned my car off, thought that it was a terrific idea to jump in the back seat lay down and take a two-hour nap in which I was woken up at 12.45 uh, by security banging on my window. Soundboard's back. I lean up, I open the door, and they're like, hey, you can't be here. And I'm like, oh, right, yeah, I was just waiting for my friends. They're like, well, there's uh, there's no one else here. And I like got out of the car. <laughs> just you, pal. The whole parking lot that had like 100,000 cars in it, there couldn't have been more, just one in there. Uh, and it was me. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, like, uh, my bad. Like, I'll, I'll get out of here. Like, so you guys can go home. They're like, oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Like, you, you good to drive? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I like sat down and I'm like, well, now do I drive to the fucking hotel? And then like at this point, I had a couple other friends that were like, we have this hotel. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I don't know what to do now. So I just went home, um, got home at about uh, 3.30 and uh, I made it to work the next morning. Just a little tardy, but um, all in all, it was fun. And, you know, falling asleep in the back seat and getting woken up to security is a, is a better story than um, <laughs> going back to the hotel like a normal stranger and going to bed. So or a normal person, I guess, and going to bed. So and this was what, Thursday? This was Thursday. This yeah. Was Thursday. This is how like my weekend started. I did a whole bunch. Of, I had a lot of fun. Uh, Go karts is always a blast. We did go karts on Friday, which was, like you said, much less of a clusterfuck than the. Uh, the week before. Well, well, daddy was back on the flag stand and uh, the kids yeah. behaved themselves this time. Seemed to have a pretty good rain on the races themselves. There was a lot of extracurricular bullshit in the pit area, which is... Uh, what I, do you mean? I tend to tend to uh, separate myself from the pit area. You know, I don't really get to the pits very often. I don't get to talk to a lot of people. And if I hadn't known that the altercation that went on went on, I'd have called it a pretty good night. You know, we, we, we were behind. Um, Eddie took a gamble and watered the racetrack down. He's been working really hard on trying to get the track better um it's been pretty shitty the last couple of races but what that meant is practice started at 6 30 well i was gonna say well, Lindsay and i got there at like 6 i don't know 35 ish and we're talking to you at the flag stand i i assumed that practice was over because it's usually a pretty nope hadn't started yet pretty quick program and usually <laughs> at that time practice is done and you're you're waiting around to, to start the heats and uh you know, meander over to the, the announcer's booth there and get everything set up. And you're like, yeah, we haven't even started yet. I was like, fucking excuse me? 
So I was hoping it wasn't going to be another late night like the uh, the night the week previous, but it wasn't too bad. Just all I did is just made every division got six or eight laps of practice. That was really it. Um, you know, typically, typically I give three to four minutes. The little kid classes get four. The adults get three. You know, because I can blast off more laps. But everybody got just a lap counter. I think I gave the lower kid classes eight and the uppers six and. We we were 15 minutes behind, which is which was um, pretty good. Typically, we my goal is to start at 7:15, be done by 9:45. It's a two and a half hour show. We started at 7:30, we were done at 10. So, same difference. Everything went off good. The racetrack was good. I thought there was some good racing. Um, uh, TJ Moon and I believe it's Caleb Cormier, race the younger of, one, race of the year. So hell far. of a race, just swapping the lead back and forth, side by side. Inevitably, TJ Moon pulled through and, and took home another win. I wanted to give a one shout out to to uh, I believe it was Aaliyah Curtis, uh, was right on the back end of whoever won it was that Junior Sportsman. I think that's box dog. Box dog, whatever it was, uh, but right on the ass end of somebody and never once touched the leader. Um, it was just a good race. Yeah, yeah, kept her nose clean and didn't bang into the back of him. And you know, had a couple good racing, couple ordeals, you know, on track incidents. It's super tough. The, the senior sportsman class has like 19 cards, and with just two of us watching, is a nightmare and a half. And pissed off a few parents, I'm sure. Got called a fucktard on Facebook. Um, well, that's right. They're irrelevant. Well, it's you know, when it's the same family over and over and over again. That's just absolutely motherfucked me. Whoever was put there before me, Eddie, it it still bothers you. Like you don't, I don't care how tough you think you are. You don't want to read, <clears throat> you know, bad things about yourself on the internet. But at the same time, there's photo evidence of the go kart flying over the marker tires with the wheels off the ground, <laughs> smashing into two other go karts. So to sit there and call me a fucktard and say that I put them to the back quote for nothing I, I didn't just have it in my notebook that on lap 21 of this race we need to put this driver to the back because it's part of the script yeah. like, no it's it, there's a reason whether you agree with the reason or not that's fine but i don't do anything out of malice just for the fuck of it like i get paid and we do get paid we're not volunteers but no. i get paid the same amount whether my buddy's kid wins or my worst enemy's kid wins. It does not matter to me. I literally do not care. Yeah, um, I think the so only thing that's we... frustrating, but you know, it's I my my girlfriend Abby came for the first time. She'd never go-karted and and I basically explained to her that I said at the end of the night I'm always the bad guy and she's like, "Well, why?" And I'm like, "I'm basically the umpire, the official. Kid sports officials are always getting hollered at by parents so yeah just like like you said though like we get paid the same no matter who wins so i think that the only thing that we actually really give a shit about is that one it's a a tidy it's a tidy program which the best addition that bartlett has had in a very long time is that lady tracy who does the lineup shit they are ready to rock and roll she's got the next division on (laughs) the fucking racetrack by the time i'm giving the checkered flag to the previous races winner uh, she's she's awesome that that you know much like we we stated before like we were spoiled at beach ridge but part of that being spoiled was the program was a show like the it was it was a production, and you were ready to race. But Even the was... Beechridge go kart production, they had yeah, they had I believe four or five classes, and each class ran two events. Yes, you got two heats and two features, so that means every division had four qualifying races and two features. And it was you got there at four thirty. Practice was at five. I think the heat started at six thirty. You were out of there by nine nine thirty every yeah. single night. And you then you went to round, or ground round. 
We were a <laughs> on the border post race stop. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, a, no, it's uh, that's. I think that that's part of what we try at, at Bartlett, though. Is yeah, that, I try to make do it a show, make it entertaining, get it done quickly. Let's get home. Try to put on a good, fair, safe race. I mean, obviously, you you don't want to rush the race and put anybody in a in a bad spot. But also, there's sometimes where like, eh, I probably could have went yellow there, but we didn't. Yeah, one one thing I've learned about uh, reading on social media is is you're always damned if you do, damned if you don't. And uh, I saw one of uh, Bonzatufa's posts uh, a couple weeks ago. He was like, ah, oh, like. Really good program, like lasted a little over three hours. Well, some you know, guy said ran. it was too quick. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> said that they had been trying to rush it basically, um, you know, throughout the last couple of weeks or, or for the last little bit. Um, but I don't. They're not. I don't know how you can call it, say that they're rushing it when you know there's there's a set amount of laps. Right. The race is you know, the races is twenty five or thirty laps, regardless whether yeah. they do it in an hour or ten minutes. That's not anything that any official or producer has yeah, and, mo- and most most of the divisions there you you don't pit during the race if you do you're stuck on the infield so it's not like they're like rushing it where a caution comes out and they're not giving anyone enough time to really work on their shit so the, um the, yeah you can't win the way that i look at it personally is if you take and this is weekly show specific because when you're talking about like the world series or uh you know everything down at new smyrna or whatever that's a whole day event that is that's its own separate animal but when you're talking like a weekly friday or saturday night program local short tracks are competing with families that are going to the movies or going to sea dogs -Dogs or fun town or something like that so what how long does a movie typically last two to three hours right typically if it's about three to three and a half hours you even start to be like this is a fucking long movie right so if you're sitting there in the grandstands that aren't typically as comfortable as a movie theater chair you're gonna be like yeah fuck this is this is kind of dragging on so you try to pack in as much of a program and as much of a show as possible in that same amount of time frame so that you can justify that family spending their hard-earned money at your facility instead of at the movie theater so that being said that's what we try to go and a lot of it's just eliminating downtime, which we've talked about numerous times on here with numerous different people. That downtime is the worst thing because you lose people's attention, and then they're like, oh, "What the fuck else could I be doing at this time?" So, uh, just it's Nothing. not rushing the show along; it's just getting it done concisely and getting it done in you know the allotted time that it should take. Nothing's worse than just sitting around waiting for no reason. Right. Yeah, just hurry up and wait. Like, what are we doing here? Why isn't there something going on now? If it's a scheduled intermission with a time limit, okay, then. You know, uh, Dan put that like on Facebook today. He was talking to Dan Collins about bringing back like intermission shows and stuff. You know, because nobody does that anymore. Right. You know, and, and he was one of his points was you know if it's a schedule, you know, bring scheduled intermissions, not run a division intermission, run a division intermission, run a division intermission. Yeah. Like that's fucking brutal. Yeah. Get get a guy out there on a four wheeler and see if he can go two wheels around the whole racetrack. Yeah. 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 Where'd that idea come from? <laughs> the Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Uh, no, it's just, it's just a show. That's all it is. It, you're in the entertainment business, but that was, uh, that was Friday night. Yeah. I, I think it went well. We're off for a couple weeks or at least one week, um, before we're back there. So no go-karts this Friday. So, uh, how'd your, how'd your Saturday go, Bob? Well, Saturday went well, Charlie. Thanks for asking. <laughs> no problem, Bob. Um, unless you, uh, don't have any connection to me on social media, which is, I feel like most of our listeners do. I won on Saturday. Finally, it's our yeah. speedway. Finally, seven and second places in a row came to an end. Um, started on the pole. I kind of bitched my way into making Jeffrey Battle start further at the back, which, I mean, I don't think I was wrong. So last year when we were getting 
16 to 20 supers every night, they would handicap 12. And what that means is we use the plus minus scoring system like the American Canadian Tour does. And that means you basically they would handicap 12 cars. So you needed to finish in the top six for your plus minus to matter. If you did not finish in the top six, your plus minus was irrelevant. You were starting 13th or worse. When you win a feature event, you get kicked to the back of the handicap every week. So that meant I had to start 12th for a while, you know, when Jeffrey won. And then you, you, you get some winners in there and, okay, maybe you might start 8th if you're lucky. You know, if there's five winners in there and you out-qualify those five winners, well... This year, we've only been getting 10, 12, 13 cars. We had 14 the other night. The division's starting to grow, which is good to see, but they had only been handicapping six or eight cars. So Jeffries, you know, and Brad Babb and PJ Sturgis are starting sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth, or sixth, seventh, or eighth every night. And then if a guy shows up and buys four tires, he gets treated as a winner. So there's been some of those. So there was two weeks ago, Jeffries started fifth. And he's the fastest car by a, a mile, and he, he got to third in a lap and got to the lead in about 12 and won two weeks ago. So we had a division meeting on Saturday morning before the event to discuss the future of the class and maybe some ideas to help things. And easy for me to be the guy that says, well, I don't want you handicap more cars in the feature, which, you know, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I was the best car there that hadn't won a race, you know, so I was... Until I won a race, I was basically going to start on the front row every single night, which I have started on the front row every single night at Star this year. And so I brought it up just nice and you know, easy for me to say I haven't won. But even if I had won a race, I'd rather start 10th, 11th, or 12th with Jeffrey, with Bradley, with PJ Sturgis, than start 4th, 5th, and 6th with those guys. You know, one week they did handicap six cars, which was mind-boggling. But And, you know, everybody kind of poked fun. But at the same time, Weber's like, well, you know, what do you guys think? And I said, you know, just just take myself out of the equation just from a show standpoint like don't you know you want to see the fast cars come from the back especially when it's the same guy who blows by everybody every week you know and um so jeffrey started 10th in the race and uh i started first i had a plus two in the heat race so i got to start on the pole and uh car was really good um didn't have my dad my dad's in las vegas doing baller shit dan bilzerian shit out in vegas so he wasn't there <laughs> bt2 yeah <laughs> having a fucking frat boy summer out out at the bellagio or wherever the fuck they are i feel like that's not what he's doing yeah I feel like that is so <laughs> so not what he's doing at all my dad is for those that don't know he is sober straight laced just the complete opposite of us it might as well be a work trip i mean he's I, he wouldn't say this, but I consider him a semi-professional poker player. He doesn't make enough money to make a living, but he makes money playing Texas Hold'em. And the World Series of Poker tournaments have been going on for the last month out in Vegas. So him and Kevin Durgan have been out there since last Tuesday. He's coming home this Thursday. They're working. I mean, they're they're playing in tournaments every single day. Um, you know, so he, uh, he was leery about doing it during the summer. Uh, but I said, fuck, just go. Like, we can handle going racing. I mean, I'm fucking almost 30 years old. Like, Probably going to come a day where I'm going to have to do this without him someday anyway, so whatever. We can handle it. So uh, we go down there, me, just me, Malcolm, and my 74-year-old grandmother. It was her birthday. and uh, <laughs> she get the trophy? No, nah, she don't want trophies, though. It's just shit that collects dust in her house. But <laughs> So we uh, started on the pole, and the car was really good. Uh, survived a couple of yellows early. Jimmy Storris was to my outside. He had a real good run. You know, was, I've talked poorly about Jimmy Storris a few times on this show, but it was Same. good. Good to see him run up front. He finished third. Um, but the 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 fun funny part of the night. So lap sixteen, I had a half track lead on lap sixteen. Like we were motoring. You just we, we don't run mirrors. We don't run radios. So you're just running for your life. You're you're expecting the fourteen to get there at some point. 
And I'm watching the lap board. He ain't even on the top five yet. I'm like, all right, we're good. Like, we're just, we're almost halfway into this thing. Like, if this thing runs out green, like, I'm in good, good shape. Caution comes out on lap 16. And typically when, when the caution comes out, I kind of do, like, a look around. Like, you look, you see who's who spun or who crashed or what's laying in the racetrack. I don't see anything. I don't see anyone. They're not putting any speedy dry down anywhere. The truck does kind of come out and pulls up to the top of the two-turn and then pulls back in and they tell us to cross over. And in the meantime, I looked over my shoulder and was counting cars, saw that Jeffrey was sixth. I'm like, okay, like I got a five-car buffer here where you got 24 to go. Like it's going to make it tight, but I should be okay. And uh, we dropped the green. And on lap 21, Jeffrey was second. <laughs> I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Kind of in my head thinking that might have been a Phantom Yellow. Uh, the Joey Logano's not in the lead debris caution. I said, uh, if I lose this race because of a caution for no reason, boy, am I going to be upset. <laughs> and luckily enough, the car was good enough that I held him off. Um, I haven't watched the video of the race. So I don't really know if, you know if I pulled away or if he caught me. He, I did slow down with five to go. We caught lap traffic, and uh, I was trying to time it so that I didn't catch the lap traffic until about one and a half to go. And, and it, I timed it out perfectly, but... He showed me a wheel coming to the checkers, but it was one of those, like, he drove it in so deep on the outside that I saw him, but he also wasn't going to make the corner. Right. So um, so we were, we were real good, and we finally picked off a win, which was good to see. Now I get to start in the back with those guys. Uh, come to find out the Phantom Yellow. Somebody came across the radio and said, hey, on the next Yellow, I need to XYZ, and that was miscommunicated as they just heard Yellow and flip lights on. So I'm going to call it the I Survived the Jeffrey Battle Catch-Up Yellow, but... <laughs> Either way, I'm, I don't really care that much. You know, mistakes happen. I've done it when I was flagging at Beechridge. I just fucking, like, my arm just twitched and bumped into the lights, and I threw the lights and yellow lights in a Mad Bomber race for no reason. So it, it happens. Mistakes happen. But um, just glad it didn't cost me my uh, my first one of the season at Star. So. I, I, I can't figure out if it's if it's Bobby Hydar or Travis Timmons because you and him are the only two that I know that are, have finished uh, in the first or second spot this whole month. Yeah, yeah. This month on my schedule was hell month. Um, I had six races this month, concluding with this Wednesday's Open Wheel Wednesday, and my worst finish is fourth. And had it not been for Bill Helliwell wiping out John Leonard behind me, that would have been a third, so I would have been a podium every race this month. I Star Speedway, I've finished second or first every single race. We're six races into the season. Um, yeah, I believe that uh, Travis Hydar has the first, a second, a second, and a first so far this year at Stafford. So, uh I think since uh, Stafford doesn't race until July 1st, he's successfully gone the whole month. And actually, yeah, you don't race at Star until yeah. July. So yeah. uh, both of you guys both did, did uh, pretty decent this this month. So, uh, yeah, it, I did have in my notes, obviously, uh, I guess since we did go on to Saturday, just a uh, little Stafford recap. Travis Hyder took the win in the uh, something or other Firecracker 30, the longest street stock race that they have this year. Um, so that's cool for him. And uh, Ronnie Williams, who uh, apparently has been in the top ten all year, finally got his first win uh, in a weekly show. So um, that uh, that Mar- Marcello Rafrana had a really strong run again. He's been knocking on the door of a win. Uh, hopefully that win's coming soon, as is uh, Michael Jervis finished third. And uh, Brian Arducci showed that uh, whatever he got DQ'd for wasn't the reason why he was uh, having success because uh, he drove up through the field and uh, finished second. So 
Uh, excited to get to Stafford this Friday, but uh, that was last Friday's action. And uh, what did you do on Saturday, Charlie? Uh, Saturday. Saturday we went to uh, – actually had a fuck of a day, honestly. Uh, Lindsay's nephew, Brody, uh, races mud scooters uh, over at – basically all over the place, I guess. And Dirt, my, dirt borks? Yeah, those too. And uh, we went to Wheeler Springs MX, which I had never been to before. Wheeler, Reminded me – Wheeler Walker. Same guy, yeah. Uh, which it reminded me a lot of. You remember Sugar Hill Bob, right? Where New Hampshire? Literally in someone's backyard. Just a, it's a beautiful house with a beautiful piece of property with a beautiful racetrack in uh, somebody's backyard. And uh, Wheeler Springs is a well, it's a little different than that, but it's this guy who has a house who had a big piece of property, who he's like, you know what, fuck it, we're going to put a dirt bike track in the backyard. And there were no less than 6 million dirt bikes there. And uh, I learned how to how to mud scooter race, and it was a time. Uh, it was hot as fuck. It was dusty as shit. Uh, they were an hour behind the program, so we watched practice. Uh, different little world, though. I uh, got to meet JT Curtis. Uh, he had uh, some BFP logos on the, the old mud scooter that he has there, the 04. Race with his brother for uh, a couple of years. Yeah. And, 69. Uh, nice. And uh, he... I didn't know that was the same Curtis family. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. He uh, apparently had just only been doing practice days, and that was his first ever actual like live organized event. So uh, good for him. Brody uh, survived as well, too. And then uh, we had to leave there because we were going to sling some brews over the crash pad at Oxford Plain Speedway. Lived a race. And... Uh, had a time. Did uh, did quite quite a few things in the bar there, slinging beers and tried to sell T-shirts. And uh, friend of the program, Chris Smith, won the late model sportsman race uh, in the number one machine. So that was cool to see. Limited sportsman. Have some respect. Is it same thing? Uh, and then um, what was it? Nate Barth got dumped by Lightning McQueen. Ka-chow. Uh Spencer Barth retaliated and hit Lightning McQueen. And. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It was uh, it was nice to be there. Uh, bunch of friends hanging out in the bar. It was, it was reminiscent of the old Turn Five Tavern days. So it was cool to. Yeah, cool they got a neat little deal going with that bar over in the Turn One deal. Um, it, forever and always, I never really realized that Oxford even had a bar. And then the first time we barred at Oxford, I was like, "This is uh, pretty all right." It's because it was never open. Yeah. Uh, we also we we used to make it our like bar. it was there, but it yeah. was never yeah. Ever, yeah. Open. I think we, honestly, last year at the two fifty on Saturday night when the three of us were up there was I think the first time I'd ever seen it open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That also it, we used to go up there and sit, and it was more or less because you were there was nobody there. Yeah, you were you were <laughs> away from everyone else. It, you can see the track phenomenally i mean like it's it's probably my favorite place to actually sit and watch the race let alone <laughs> uh sit there and drink beers but it we is, used to go over there because we used to bring our own beers in well um, i was gonna say it is funny for how like the call ourselves out three of us we're i would Stadia say Stadia limuse is up on that yeah <laughs> yeah i think those stickers are still there of course uh, the bfp bleachers the BFP, yeah the bfp bleachers those can stay yeah <laughs> uh no i was gonna say i think that the three of us we could be considered relatively i mean we're not superstars but we're relatively public figures correct Relatively popular in the main racing scene. I, I got think. some famous but, but friends you probably, probably never heard of. <laughs> they do a shitty ass podcast that pisses people off at times. A lot of Nailed times. It. <laughs> uh, Remix. <laughs> but, but, but for being relatively public figures, we don't really like people all that much. So usually where, where the most empty area is is where we try to reside. Mm. Well, and also for me, we cause a scene. Every time. So it's like, I don't want to be around people. Like, 
Yeah. Like, I, if we're gonna be uh, be uh, loud and holler and yell obscenities, like I just assume nobody hear us. We we got really <laughs> we got really lucky that one time at White Mountain in the middle of COVID when the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour came to town, and not only do we have the uh, we had the Trent chance, I believe, when he would oh, walk yeah. by, like <laughs> so hey, much. Hey, 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 hey. And like we would literally, we started getting strangers to cheer for Trent Goodrow every time he walked by the bleachers to the point where he started going behind the bleachers and we didn't see him ever again. <laughs> we also again. got lucky at the Haunted 100 last year at Seekonk. The family next to us was feeding us Twizzlers and Cheez-Its. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you and I had uh, just, we ventured off from the group. found the least popular section <laughs> of Seekonk and... Well, unfortunately, when the racetrack sells out, all sections are full at that point, and then everybody else came over. There's really no place to hide at Seekonk either. No, it's a no. it's just one big open place. But uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. Saturday was a time at Oxford. I uh, I like what I'm seeing over there. They're they're doing cool things, and uh, especially Hannah and Spencer over at the bar there. And uh, it's it's wild. I I've always only really had the Oxford 250 is like the circled on the calendar. I can't wait to go to Oxford. Let's do it uh, type deal. And uh, now after this coming weekend, uh, obviously, well, Bob and I are going to be at Stafford for the weekend. Then the weekend after, I have in very big, bold print uh, Oxford in uh, Oxford for a Saturday and Sunday uh, up at the uh, parking lot with uh, the weekly show and then the American Canadian Tour and the Pro All-Star Series. So, Like I said, they're, they're doing big things over there. <clears throat> they got the, uh, the super late models over there, too. They had another strong field of, I, th- I think, over 20 of them. Oh, or damn near 20. Uh, Timmy Brackett and Calvin Rose put on an absolute fucking heater of a show. Uh, the top two of them broke away from the whole field for a good majority of the race. It was a 50-lap feature, I assume, based off of car counts. Uh, they just always run 50. Do they? they okay. Have, yeah. Uh, so they busted away from the field, and they were a half-track from everybody, but they were side-by-side, side, never once touched each other, put on an incredible show. Uh, Rusty ran third for quite a while, and then the car just fell on its fucking face and then he got in a bit of a scuffle but um after that they they threw a yellow and uh they bunched the field back up and curtis gary was fucking carousing through the back of the field up through the pack uh found his way up into the top four i believe and restarted i think i think fourth right behind timmy brackett who was on the outside uh of uh calvin rose on the front row and timmy brackett's been doing it for a minute or three at this point i think and uh I think he probably knew Curtis was started out back and was behind him. And I think he might've uh, played it safe next to Calvin Rose to make sure that he didn't clear him so that Curtis could get a run at him. And uh, they came across that line fucking like four wide for the lead between uh, the, those two Farrington and uh, Curtis Gary. And it was, it was a hell of a show. Um, I have a big old lady boner for super late models as, as everyone knows. And that was, it was a fuck of a program for sure all night. I was going to say, I, I would assume that the uh, when you named the first and second starter uh, or, uh, of the restart and then the fourth, I was going to ask if third was either Dave Farrington or Max Cookson because that would only make sense. Um, yeah, Max actually uh, was really nowhere to be found all night. It was kind of mid-pack somewhere. Tough. Maybe. Calvin he Rose said he only was... changed three coil springs um, on Saturday. Well, naturally, he was there testing in the morning. Right, so we got to probably Did he, t- doesn't dial it right yeah, He doesn't have enough laps there this year. Yeah. Test, but yeah. I don't think I changed three coil springs over the course of four years while I was racing super late models, never mind at the same day at the racetrack. But, uh, yeah. hey, he's won more at Oxford than I have, so well, yeah. can't question him. You do you, boo. Yeah, I for, kind of forgot to I mention, worked actually, <laughs> two, was it, well, two, I guess two weeks ago, yeah, at, at uh, Oxford when I went up there, uh, Barker and Calvin Rose put on a fuck of a show for a while. They had a breakaway for quite a while. Barker ended up taking the win, and uh sounds like Calvin Rose has the 
was having a pretty couple pretty good runs. Did he ended up finishing in the top three on the podium there. Or, yep. He got yeah. he got second, second, second. I'll never yeah. forget. Cal, I think it was Calvin's rookie year of Super Late Models. We're at the Oxford 250. Uh, he got qualified. He was the only guy in the entire stack of tires that didn't have six change tires. He only had four. So I respect that. And we're out there for driver introductions, and I'm you know, fucking brand new fire suit, and Kelly Moore's you know beautiful fire suit, and Cassius Clark beautiful fire suit, and everybody's just pulling out all the stops. You know, you're walking across the stage, glitz the glam. Then you got Calvin Rose, pretty sure he had New Balances on, a two piece fire suit, <laughs> gut hanging out, big beard, and I'm like, I walked up, shook his hand, it was fucking awesome, dude. I said, you look like you don't belong out here, and you're gonna beat half these motherfuckers tonight. <laughs> he did. He finished like 20 hits. I was just saying, I don't, I don't like, I don't mind a, a Calvin Rose at all. <laughs> Uh, I didn't mean to say like there at all, but no, I, I, I've never really talked to him, but I, I yeah, I don't, like, like I, you said, that's that, the only semblance of conversation I think I've ever had yeah, with him. I don't, I don't mind him at all. Cause he does cool things. I remember, when he, I think it was also the super late model too. When he first started in it, every time he hit the racetrack, his headers were just, on just fire. Just <laughs> like literally flames just coming out of the, the block of the engine. I don't know if the timing was off or what was going on there. <laughs> But he was the only one going, bah, bah, and the whole car was just on fire, and he was fine. <laughs> he was fine. There's no way his feet weren't melting in the, in the, in the car there, but I, was, I just remember that forever and always. Yeah, yeah the only uh, time I've ever talked to Calvin Rose when I sold him my race truck. So, oh, well, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. But uh, uh, good for him. Yeah, so Saturday was the time. We, we covered quite a bit of ground. Uh, apparently, uh, Wheeler Springs is in Bowdoin. And uh, I should have known better when when Lindsay was like, "Hey, uh, do you want to do you want to go see Brody's d- dirt bike race?" I was like, "Yeah, sure, fuck it." She's like, "It's only like forty five minutes from Oxford." I was like, "Yeah, but Oxford's like an hour from here." She's like, "I was like, how far away is it from here?" She's like, "About forty five minutes." I was like, "Dear, that's a that's a circle." <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we, yeah, it was a time. Now uh, the, it was a very very busy Saturday, and uh, I think I'm still washing dirt out of my hair. Yeah, dirt, you'll have that uh, at the mud scooters. Dirt, yeah, dirt and more. When, when you time. when you go from when you go from a a dirt go kart track to a a dirt mud scooter track, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna end up a little dirty. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. And then you go to Oxford, and there, well, just everybody's dirty there. <laughs> well, not only that, but also if any car misses turn one at all, you are gonna get showered in dirt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's another reason to go to the crash pad or the BFP bleachers at Oxford Plains is that you you it, might come home with a <laughs> race car, <laughs> or you might take a carburetor to the face. Depends on how hard they hit. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as, as long as they're not using single lugs, because <laughs> you would absolutely get punted by a fucking wheel. <laughs> Do you Final remember? destination shit. Was it last year? I think we were all sitting in those bleachers, and fucking Spencer wrecked like right yeah. next to us. And we're like, "Hi, Spencer. You want, yeah. be, you want a beer?" <laughs> oh, that fuck. did happen. Things I come full circle. That. What was Sunday like, boys? Let's go to the beach each. Oh, Let's go get that's away. That's right, Brad. You you look like you were in rough shape. May, oh, I'm well. Th- I thank you. I'm glad that you prefaced it by saying I looked like, and not that I usually do look like, because I feel like most times I do look like I'm in rough shape. Um, I went on a four day bender on accident. Um, that does happen from time. You'll to time. have that really on yeah. the bigger jobs, you know. Yeah. So uh, MGK is right now. I mean, interchangeable top two favorite artist that's going. Morgan Wallen would be interchangeable top two as well. Went to go see Morgan Wallen on Thursday, as I said, and uh, MGK was playing at the Garden on Saturday. Um, And apparently seeing MGK twice over the last eight months was not enough because uh, I was really just trying to find a group of people to go because I didn't want to drive down there alone because driving to Boston alone sounded like fucking a terrible idea. Um, so what did I do? I found people to go that would get meet. We're going to meet me in Boston. So then I ended up inevitably driving to Boston alone. Um, but 
Uh, one of my good friends, one of my best friends growing up, Josh Merrill, uh, has lived in Providence for the last, well, since we really graduated high school, so I don't get to see him that often. And then uh, I, he was like, oh, I have Saturday off, which I usually never do. And uh, he's like, let's go to MGK. I'm like, fuck yeah. So I looked up the tickets, and um, <clears throat> I knew that I wasn't, I was kind of trying to ball on a budget. I was basically taking, you know, I, I was going to spend whatever we got paid at go-karts uh, on beer, and I was just going to be like, ah, you know, I'll get a kind of shitty seat. And uh, so I looked at Ticketmaster like the night, you know, Friday night or whatever. They had tickets right next to the stage for like $65 with fees. And I'm like, well, that doesn't seem right. But I'm assuming that there's something fucked up with the seats. Like I'm, you're probably sitting behind the stage. So I messaged Josh and he's like, I don't really care. So I'm like, whatever, 65 bucks in the show. Let's go. Bought, you know, one for one of his friends and myself and, um, so we get to the concert, or we basically just went to Boston. I got there at like noon, noon 30, and, and went to Regina Pizzeria, sat there, had some beers, just one of the best slices of pizza you'll ever have in your life. So I uh, had a great time there and just basically bar hopped until uh, the concert started, which went to this place, Banners, that just opened right outside the garden. If you've been to the garden recently, it's, you can't fucking miss it. It's literally right there. Um, one of the worst establishments, I think, that I've ever been to. Just I don't know how I thought that was going to go. Well, no, it, you walk in and it's like the nicest establishment you'll ever step foot into. But it's just the the food is they have a really like small, like limited menu. And it's not even like typical bar food. It's like you can buy one pound of wings or like five pounds of wings or like 10 pounds of wings. And one pound is like 18 bucks. Five pounds is like fucking 50. And then it's like like 75. And it's like, what in the... It was just bizarre. I just wanted to get in there and get like spinach artichoke tip or something. That wasn't even an option. Um, just just bizarre all around. Um, the service was halfway, whatever. Um, and as we're sitting there, though, MGK had two openers. One was this fella, P-V-R-I-S, in all caps. I don't know what the fuck that means. Purpose. I also had no idea what Jaden meant or what Jaden was until J-X-D-N turned into Jaden. So um, I'm assuming it's one of those fucking fellers. Well, um he canceled like as we're sitting there um and i'm like oh that's what a real bummer that is the other one's trippy red i listened to trippy red essentials one day at work i don't know that there's ever been a worse artist to ever make music on the planet <laughs> than trippy red so there are those guys that make uh, the songs about the lightning bugs and fireflies you ever heard that song that's yeah pretty, that's pretty terrible yeah yeah and like you owl city. YouTube's pretty- <laughs> <laughs> that is owl city i think <laughs> what a poll Holy fuck! Did I just come up with that? No, I think I'd you're like a million hogs, <laughs> yeah, ten million lightning, lightning bugs. Hold on, oh, that actually can, is can Owl. We play that? Can we? No, we absolutely that? not. But that's for sure. <laughs> it yeah. is Owl City. Wow. Um, <clears throat> good for me. That just like left me speechless. Um, so I listened to this feller too. He was halfway better than Trippy Red, but not by much. So I was basically better than Owl City. Um, most yeah, everything. <laughs> the Wiggles is better than Owl City. <laughs> William oh, Hung is better than Teletubbies. <laughs> she bang, she bang. Those Russians uh, oh, baby, bumping in the dump moved. truck that we used to she do, moved. Kamaz or whatever. Yeah, oh, Kamaz. <laughs> that guy's still driving that fucking bus. Dude, fucking fire-ass song. <laughs> um, so basically, we're sitting there at the concert at 8. We're like, we don't even have to be there till 9. Well, then this guy cancels. We're like, fuck it, 9.30. Let's just roll in there. So we saw a line forming outside one of the bars, and it was like 7.45. We're like, all right, let's hit him. So we basically got in line, um, got in the venue, Got a fifteen dollar uh, truly tall boy, which um, bargain really, yeah. They were just really tossing out the deals and um, 
sat, or got got to our seats, and uh, Cassidy Griffith, who was there with some of her friends, called me and goes, "Oh, I see you." And I'm like, "Oh, like I'm glad it. glad that you you know stood in line for three hours to be able to see Trippy Red up close like this." And she's like, "Oh no, you didn't hear? He canceled too." And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Like I don't want to even listen to this fella. So whatever, we're standing there. MGK comes out. Did they at least play like house music or just start him earlier? They did. I think that they started him earlier. Um, I, 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 they definitely started him earlier. But if you've never been to an MGK concert, just do yourself a favor and go. I don't care if you like Owl City or <laughs> William Hung or she the bang, Wiggles. She she bang. Bang. Oh, baby, when like, she moved. I'm not kidding. My, like, dude, Miley Cyrus, whoever you listen to, fucking go. Miley Cyrus makes some heaters. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Party in the USA. Oh, my God. Hopped up the plane at LAX for the dream. <laughs> Music that excites white folk right there. Yeah, that and, oh, there was a lot of that going on on uh, Saturday night after the concert. But, so, uh, if anyone saw on my uh, story on Facebook or Instagram, MGK literally, like, he released two songs or, like, a couple songs off a deluxe album. But this album cover is, like, an, him getting carried by a helicopter, like, across an arena. And when you walk into the venue, you just see the helicopter like right above the stage. And I'm like, Oh my God, is he going to like come out of like, what the fuck is going to happen here? Basically. So the state, the helicopter is right above the stage. When he opens, the helicopter flies to the back of the stage, picks him up from like, basically comes out of the ground on like another platform kind of thing, grabs onto a ladder and then starts performing while getting airlifted around the arena and then eventually at the end of the song gets dropped at the stage continues his show and it's just like half the shit that happens is mind-blowing you're more or less going for the show um than the perform i mean in i love mgk's music like 90 percent of the songs that i listen to nowadays it's either mgk or Jaden who opened for him twice last year so just in all in all it was a great show the only thing that i had that like was a real gripe of mine was that they stopped selling alcohol like almost the minute he started singing tough which so at one point like i think so i don't know what the fuck happened but trippy red was supposed to open trippy red showed up and sung he he's on candy and um all i know and he basically sung on those two songs very clearly it was like playing in the background and he would like sing and then like put the mic down and you'd still hear it just as loud singing and then at one point he like sat he was there for like two minutes sat down on the back of the stage and was like singing a little bit but like also just like nodding and just sitting down on the ground on the stage and i'm like this dude not only makes terrible music but he's also a really bad performer. This is awesome. Like, just absolutely fucking terrible. I have no idea what the hell was going on. But so when he came out to start singing, Candy came on. I was like, all right, I can afford to miss this song. I ran up the stairs, went to the first place that we, we got alcohol. They were like, oh, no, we're done. We're closed for the night. I'm like, all right, fuck. Went to the next one. They were closed. They were like, oh, try like another way, like down the other side. I'm like, all right, fuck. Like, I don't want to miss this much of the concert. So I went back to my seats. Next song comes on um, or whatever. I think he just started talking like whatever describing his album so i ran up the stairs again went to the other side ran down to like two or three different places none they're all like yeah we're done selling alcohol and we're like 20 minutes into the show at this point so that was a real bummer um but obviously just kind of like stood around for a while it was just weird because like everyone around me had drinks in their hands and i felt like i had no idea what to do with my hands i was like fucking ricky just my hands were like up in the air just really awkwardly and um but no i had obviously a great show had a great time for 65 dollars. i don't know that i've ever spent a better 65 dollars. and then we capped it off going to uh 
uh, at some fucking bar on uh, the north end there. But I had gotten a train into town because, like Bobby has told me, parking in Malden and taking the Orange Line in is significantly cheaper. It's like five bucks to park and five bucks round trip. Yeah, it was three dollars to park and it was two forty one way and two forty the other. So obviously it was, it was even cheaper than what Bobby was saying. So I'm I'm like pumped because it was forty five dollars to park for MGK anywhere on the <coughs> Garden really. So it doesn't even like the math doesn't even check out. Like Malden's a half hour closer than Boston, but it's like a ten minute train ride. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the fuck. Like how the you can you can thank science. Your, you can thank your boss and my cousin for that little nugget. Like, I'm not. Yeah, I, I wasn't quite sure how it all checked out. Or they had they kept having like notifications that were like this part of the orange line is closed, and I'm like, well, fuck, I don't know if that's even the part that I take or what. So it's actually after North Station, but I basically got on the train with just like a hope and a prayer that I was going to get to where I needed to go. But um, so obviously I ended up making it downtown and, and was there pretty early. Well, the last train left at 1238. So I, all night I'm like, all right, 1238, I got to do this. Like I got to be at the train station. The bar that we went to could not be closer to the fucking North end train station. I'm like, all right, this is going to be good. Well, then they start playing heater after heater after heater, like a mixture of shit that excites white folk and like young jock. And I am just <laughs> having a fucking field day and at one point so i look over at josh and i i was like so are you or am, am i leaving or are you gonna drive me to the car because he said if, if you miss your train i'll just drive you to your car i don't give a shit i'm like all right well he's like well i need another drink he's like you gonna buy me my drink and i was like are you driving me to my car he's like yeah all right so i bought him his drink i bought myself a drink we started fucking tearing up the dance floor again um and we like it was probably 12 58 that we left so it was about 20 minutes of extra <laughs> extra time that we spent in there but um then yeah he just dropped me back off in malden made my way back home and uh for the second of the last three nights i got home at about 3 30 in the morning so um yeah i had myself a monday or a saturday jesus for sure also had myself monday today after the weekends that i had but um no i i uh want the probably the one time this year that i'll spend uh this that little time doing race car things so that's fair enough fair enough Oh, Doug Kobe does fall right off the door, huh? Yeah, yeah I never he biffed, saw that. He biffed it hard. Yeah. So uh, I know that uh, you guys have Sorry, some watching cool, SRX s- some cool stuff coming up here with SRX, but this is uh, quite literally the first like inches I've ever seen of an SRX Same. race. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Uh, so the, recorded or otherwise. So last so last year at uh at SRX obviously uh Sean Foster and I covered um you know basically we were working for Speed Fifty One at the time. And um, so this year we reached out to the Roots and uh, Stafford Speedway with uh, kind of in co- like co whatever coexisting, I guess. That's cahoots. For, for cahoots. <laughs> that was the word I was looking for, basically. But uh, working with Daniel Eugene Photography and uh, Dan and I uh, had a like, 35, 45 minute phone call at one point and kind of just laying out like how we wanted to approach SRX this year. And uh, uh, Dan laid that out for the Roots. They reached out to us. We reached out back to them, whatever. And uh, so now Bob and I are going to be going down to cover uh, SRX this weekend. So pretty excited about that. Um, we got. I'll make uh, it one of these times. It sounds like Chris Allen is going to be the uh, camera feller for us. Um, we basically just had a blank spot for uh, someone to record all of our interviews and stuff. So um, talked to him on Friday. He's been saying that he really wants to get down to Stafford. So. Uh, I talked to him this past Friday, and I think that he's going to come down this Friday and Saturday, and uh, we're going to make a whole weekend out of it. So not only should be fun, not only are we going to have uh, Chris Allen recording our videos off 
than our cell phone, basically, um, with our microphone set up and everything. But we'll have Daniel and Gene taking photos. And uh, Chris, when he's not recording uh, interviews for us, we'll be doing the same thing. So should get tons of uh, behind-the-scenes content. And, uh, yeah, just can't thank Stafford Speedway and uh, the Root family enough for uh, allowing us to do it again. I haven't been to Stafford. Actually, I've only been to Stafford twice, 2008. Um, we went and watched. They used to do a show called Extreme Tuesday. They had Isma Supermodifieds, Nema Midgets, Nema Lights, like I think one year USAC Silver Crown cars. And then 2009, my dad raced the Isma race, and that was it. So I haven't been to Stafford since 2009. I've never been to a Stafford weekly show. I've never, as with Charlie, this is the first time I've ever watched any part of SRX racing. And, man, this shitbox is beat and bang. Yeah. It was a good they, little race. That was, that was, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch them last year because they could really – they they, and they never them up. yeah they and they never really I don't know like they it, you basically they never stopped beating a bang I guess and I'm a, I'm a interested to see because I watched a little bit of the highlights from this past weekend at South Boston and Tony Stewart was fucking Big mad pissed and uh, he said that they've pissed off Uncle Tony and he's gonna have to sit them down and talk to him and uh, basically you know lay out what the fuck you know I what's gonna happen it's... going forward but I I'm interested to go and ask Tony, you know, how do you, if you're selling the racing and the, you know, the excitement kind of the same thing, obviously that's going to include beating and banging. How do you get to that level where you, you know, reprimand these guys for beating and banging, but also you still have the same racing product on the racetrack? Well, I can't imagine it's very uh, inexpensive to replace those one-off race cars that there's only like 10 of, so... Uh, no, but it, they do put on a fuck of a show, and it's crazy. Like the sat, like Saturday, I'm sure Bob will feel it. I don't know. You, you haven't NASCAR it, I guess, as much, but it really you you ride in and you feel like it's a NASCAR race. The vibe, and even like two hours before the green flag, I was out in the parking lot gassing a couple beers with the Rainvilles. I think last year, or I don't even remember who was who was all out there. Maybe I was just meeting up with Sean Foster and his friends, but I think it might have been all of them. Um, but it was just so many tailgates, so many people out there, you know, people with their trucks backed in, you know, the tailgate down, grills going, beers flowing. And uh, it was just it was an event. It was a scene. And, um, you know, just the fact they're rolling into town, everyone was out and uh, and having a good time. So looking forward to uh, doing it again this weekend. And actually, a lot of our uh, questions on Patreon from uh, this week are uh, SRX related. So uh, we'll slide right into them. Yeah, let's let's get into these. So Ryan Borges asked uh, SRX picks for this weekend, and do you see SRX continuing to grow into a bigger series in the coming years or fizzling out? Um, I got a uh, I met a, a pal at the go karts Friday who said his favorite part of our program is when we shit on Ryan Borges. So yeah, um, that did happen. But uh, I honestly <laughs> so easy to do. I don't yeah. even know who's in the race. Like do we, there's twelve cars. Justin Marks filling in for Helio, uh, Tony Stewart, Ernie Francis. I don't even really know who else is going to be there. Ryan Newman, I think, is going to be in there. Bobby Labonte is probably coming. You were telling me how excited you were to interview your favorite driver, Tony Kanaan. Yeah, but I'm not sure if he's going to be in the field now. Yeah, I don't, I don't he know. Is. Is he? All right, he's, cool. he's running full-time. Uh, Ryan Hunter-Ray runs full-time as well. Paul Tracy, Matt Hirschman, obviously, is the, the Stafford yeah. local ringer feller. Um I mean, and, you'd, uh, you'd be you know, foolish to pick, pick anybody other than Matt Hirschman um, to win. He's pretty good there. And as Kobe does what I just watched, won last year's race pretty easily. So um, I'm uh, definitely going to be rooting for Tony Kanani. He is my favorite uh, IndyCar driver growing up, and I don't follow IndyCar as much now, but when he's in the field, I still root for him. I'm, I'm uh, actually... So I'm somewhat bummed out. I, I actually didn't think that Elio was ever coming to Stafford this year. Um, 
but he uh, apparently was, and now Justin Marks is filling in for him. So that's a bummer because uh, he's my favorite driver in the SRX field, but um, I would be, I don't want to give the cliche answer of Matt Hirschman because um, I think he probably will win, but I think that the next best shot, uh, probably Ryan Newman. I actually, uh, I think that Ryan Newman running the Friday the night before is uh, is going to be kind of big for him. I think that a lot of these guys that uh, haven't been out obviously uh, at Stafford in, in a year, except for Bobby Labonte um, and obviously Matt Hirschman. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, they might have a little bit of an advantage, you know, just kind of knowing, you know, how the track runs and uh, just, I think Ryan Newman, he's put on a couple good shows so far this year. Uh, I think that actually Greg Biffle as well, Greg Biffle's uh, I think running the full thing this whole year. And uh, he, uh, he's had a couple good races this year and I believe he finished on the podium last year. So, so I think the full-time guys are Ryan Hunter, Ray, Paul Tracy, Tony Stewart, Michael Waltrip, Bobby Labonte, Ryan Newman, Greg Biffle, and uh, I'm assuming Marco Andretti. Is that 98? Yeah. And then the part-timers that ran at South Boston were Helio, but we know that he's being replaced by Justin Marks, Tony Kanan, Ernie Francis, Peyton Sellers, which can be replaced by Matt Hirschman. So hmm. that'll be the 12 guys. Apparently Peyton Sellers just like didn't hardly even – might as well have not even showed up. Well, he he was running. I was watching. I think it was a heat race, and he was in the third spot, but he finished like third to last. So mm. didn't uh, do as well as we thought. Um, but yeah, I think uh, give me give me Ryan Newman to go out there and steal one. Give me the Biff. That makes sense. Coming off a of fourth place at South Boston. No. So, uh, and uh, as for the uh, the continuing to grow uh, or fizzling out, I think that it's. I think that you're gonna see it continue i think well at least i think that they have a tv deal for next year but they're gonna have to get to a point where the cast of carriers carry characters jesus christ easy for me to say are, are gonna have to rotate a little bit more than they currently are um i don't know that you can keep bringing you know is, is there Bobby like Labonte, a point Michael Waltrip. system yeah there so yeah that would be the the hard part to it, I guess. Where... Well, and I think that like you know all those same guys that are that keep coming, like Ernie Francis. I mean, I know that Ernie Francis is twenty three and really good at fucking race cars that are other race. Cars. Oh, <laughs> Haley Deegan's going to be in the field this week. Forgot about that. <clears throat> um, but uh, like the all these guys that you know come back each and every year. I think at some point people are going to be like, ah, I don't really need to go see you know Paul Tracy race at Stafford again. Um, so uh, maybe just rotating them even more than they do, but I think that you're going to get into a, play, a spot where that's kind of difficult to do because there's all these guys that are eager. Their theory behind the series was to leave them wanting more, which is why there's only six races, why there's only 12 cars. You um, you, you need the... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the newness of it still, like you said, kind of... Uh, <coughs> I'm dying. Well, I think I think that what they they actually have it in a really good spot where it basically starts the minute after every other major professional sports league ends. Yeah. Um, and they do it on Saturday nights at the beginning of the summer. And I think that you know they're going to have TV ratings that are going to be good regardless. Um, at, if you're going to pack, you know, short tracks, I think that you'll doing it six times a year. You're you already saw Stafford sell out with you know a month to spare. Uh, I think that you'll still you'll sell out Stafford. I think each and every year that you you come, but. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep it up for more than just, I guess, next year. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and then, uh, I'm going to have to gimmick. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. It needs to stay gimmicky for it to be successful. It's going to be a work like wrestling. Right. Um, 
I, for, I, I apologize. Forgive me for mispronouncing this name, but uh, Angel Jur... Jur- uh, Charlie, can you do it better? You said pancakes over the loudspeaker for someone that was Panciolo or something like that. Oh, that? <coughs> Pancioka. Ain't, oh, Pancio- shit. Pancioka. Angel... <laughs> I don't even know. Is that a soft J? War Waragi. Waragi. Jarag Luigi. <laughs> I think Waragi. I'm gonna go Angel, with Angel Yeah, Waragai. Jaragi. I don't know. Um anyways, how would you deal with the situation if you were in Ernie Francis' shoes when he was getting manhandled by Tony Stewart? Yeah. I didn't see any of it. I Punch don't know him right what in the happened. fuck. But Tony looked so fucking angry in the photo of the meme that I saw. Oh, my God. That chances are I'm just going to go, yes, sir. Do no, we know sir. what he was mad about? Uh, yeah, Brad does. Yeah, Ernie Francis was on the outside of Tony at one point, and I, they came up on a lap car, I think. They came up on someone, and Tony was pissed that he just basically hung a left and just basically almost shoved him like into the, uh, the inside wall there. And I, I don't know. If there was other stuff that happened throughout the race, I just saw that one incident that was on one of the replays on the Twitters. But um, <clears throat> I I would have immediately sharded my pants and probably would have just not said a word and started crying. Doesn't Tony like co-own every race car in the? Tony co-owns the, the series, series with Ray Everham. Yeah. yeah. So now we've got Nashville on the TV, and we're one lap into the first heat race, and somebody just hung a right on him in the middle of the straightaway and bounced him off the wall. So if he's mad about the way these guys are racing, this stems back to last year because these guys are driving like, it's Ernie Francis. He did yeah. it to him again. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. So this does this, ship him. This does go back to last year, clearly. But the, it, it's cool, like... To see that there's a lot of these guys that have like these rivalries that are going on, like Elio Castro Nevis and Paul Tracy got into it like four times last year. I think that I remember, and I think that even dates back to their IndyCar days. Yeah, because everybody fucking hated Paul Tracy in the IRL days. And kind of a cunt, yeah. To be honest, and uh, (laughs) well, so I think uh, last year I remember Paul Tracy and Haley Deegan got into it, and Paul Tracy was getting a bunch of flack because he was driving like an idiot. But he's, I think he's wrecked like half the times he's come out here, which is. Um, Tough look for the kid. Yeah, which is yeah, you hate to see it, but um, I, I would have absolutely sharded my pants if Tony was handling me like that because he was some fucking mad. He's not as tall as people think, but I oh my god, he, rugged. he is rugged. He's not fat fuck. either. Like I, no, he's <clears throat> not fat by any means. Matt's not the right word because I didn't meet him, but he has a presence that's just intimidating. Like mm-hmm. I didn't dare meet him. He was uh, he used to actually date Stuart Friesen's wife. Now uh, he was dating Jessica at the time. Uh, Zemkins, her maiden name. She was running a TQ at Atlantic City one of the years. I was running a jam cart. I was like, man, I want to meet Tony Stewart. And then he walked by. I was like, I ain't bothering that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so I when I was doing the interviews for Speed 51 last year, it was inter- interesting because like, it was such a like clusterfuck because it was the first event and like you, we didn't know when the downtime was going to be, when we could go get interviews, when we could really you know interrupt these guys more or less. So at one point I'm like, like, I really want to interview Tony Stewart, but I'm afraid, like, what if he was to give me a one-word answer? Because, like you said, he's just being around him all day was pretty intimidating. And I'm like, if I interview this guy and I have, like, a dumb question and he's just like, yeah, it should be fun. I'm going to be absolutely just shaking in my boots, just completely stone-faced, like, no idea what to say. So, like, he eventually walked by at one point and he was kind of doing media because obviously it was the inaugural race and he probably felt like he had to. Well, I'm like, hey, Tony, can I grab an interview for Speed 51? He's like, yeah, of course. And I was like, I promise it'll be it'll be quick and uh, quick and painless or something like that. And he's like, Yeah, it better be. He's like, like, 
like don't take too much time or like I'll start to get mad. And like <laughs> you can see like at the beginning of the video before Speed 51 clipped it, like I think I've posted it before somewhere. It's literally me like, oh, like it should be quick, whatever. He's like, yeah, better be like, better not be too long or I'll get mad. And then he starts like laughing. Like he was obviously joking, but like when he said it, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, over the mic, I'm like, oh yes, shit, are we recording? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right. So then I started the interview, but um, no, I, I'm excited to get back. I would ask him if uh, Uncle Tony had to spank anybody this week. I'm absolutely going to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm absolutely going to bring up the Uncle Tony well, thing, but I don't know about the spanking. Yeah. He might spank me. <laughs> In the jaw with his fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With his fucking foot. Uh, Matt Scene said, any stories on the worst time you've ever got sunburnt? Mine might have been this past weekend. Oof, tough. Uh, mine was, I was a little kid, summer wreck. Um, long, long time ago. I uh, was at Tasseltop Beach, which is in Raymond, Maine, on Sebago Lake. And I have a bajillion fucking freckles on my shoulders. And I think it all came from how badly burned I was on the shoulders. <laughs> like pus bubbles, like blisters, like couldn't wear a t-shirt. Like the t-shirt on my shoulder hurt so bad. And of course I was like 10. So I was a little bitch made crying all the time. Still have trauma from that. But uh, mine would be very similar probably. I was younger, uh, used to hang out with Zach Silk quite a bit, a kid from uh, went to school with him. He had a pool in his backyard, and uh, I, uh, I I thought that that was good enough for sunscreen. And uh, we were out there for like 11 hours or something obnoxious like that. And it was one of those sunburns where you're like, I'm fine. And then you go to sleep and you wake up and your whole body just crunches. Like, yeah, crunches. <laughs> and it was to the point where like my whole back, you could like peel it, like like the whole thing in one piece. And it was it was bad, like blood and like pus and oh, shit. Yeah. It was ag- egregious. Oh, yeah. just that, that gave me a little bit of chills, not yeah. only because of the word pus being so sus, but uh, also <laughs> my, worst, very sus word. my worst sunburn is absolutely when I went to Darlington. Um, the sun was setting behind us. This is 2016. And um, we kind of were doing the whole like the whole fan experience thing. It was really a weird setup that they had when we were on the drive down. If you downloaded like the Coca-Cola racing app or like some fucking app that it was associated with the track, Coca-Cola racing had like, I think I've said it before on here, but they, you basically could pick one fan experience package for, you know, anyone that was going, which was really cool and very weird. I don't really know how they ended up doing it, but we picked like the champions breakfast or whatever. So from literally the breakfast on, it was literally you're just sitting there like eating Bojangles, listening to you know like Ned Jarrett and Rusty Wallace was there, Daryl Waltrip, Kale Yarbrough, all these guys. Um, and so that was at seven o'clock or like seven thirty, some whenever the old people usually wake up. So from the moment that the sun came out, we were basically outside and, you know, we were at the, we had a pre-race pit pass and we're down on pit road and just out in the sun the entire time. I'm wearing a tank top and like the, what the, the sun was setting, it was a night race. Sun was setting directly behind us too. So it was just a, all a comedy of errors. And I woke up the next morning and I legitimately could not move like glowing red. You ever see the meme of like that one, like fat, fat kid that's literally <laughs> like glowing orange. Like that was essentially what like my neck and my shoulders and, and like I had, I was peeling with blisters for at least two weeks. So, um, definitely the worst one I've ever gotten was, uh, it was at the Darlington race that I went to. Uh, Reagan parents said, what is your top three favorite and three least favorite beers? Um, he had two questions, but we'll start with this one. I don't know if I could rank them like one through three, like ahead of another, but my drinks of choice at the moment, 
Corona Light with a lime, um, for sure. Kona Big Wave on draft. It's a Hawaiian brewer, uh, brewed like light pale ale or blonde ale. Um, very good and uh, very light. Uh, like that on draft. I'm going to get that at Buffalo Wild Wings after the show. Wild. Wild. Um, and then uh, I've been on a Miller High Life kick. Bottles only. Those are decent, but I think probably Mick Ultra is probably number three for, you know, um, nothing after getting out of your 90 degree race car. After winning finally, when literally 90% of the people you speak to on a race day just make fun of you for finishing second and just slamming a slim, ice cold Mick Ultra. Ice cold Mickey Wed. Um, interesting. So the Kona Big Wave thing, I, I didn't really even think about going to like a eatery like that because I would, if it was that, I would definitely have a uh, Sea Dog Blueberry in my top three on the podium. Um, if I was to just walk into a beer cooler, which I do uh, very often, it's um, more likely than not Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, and uh, I've been on a real high noon kick. Uh, I know high yeah, noon is not a, a beer. A, yeah, I, if I we're not gonna, doing that, right. then I'm definitely putting it as uh, I'd put it as is a Sea Dog Blueberry. That my liquid drinks. Yeah. 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 The, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. They're very soda. low alcohol content for a liquor drink, but I was kind of thinking low. about just walking. Like, I don't know that I've walked in and bought any anything other than a Michelob or a Bud Light. So, then, so it, uh, that on that conversation, people call like Trulies and shit beers. Nah, it's I don't. Just, it's for uh, lack of a better term. I think it's just a, it's seltzer own beer. Thing, right? If you say like yeah. seltzers, people could mean like a seltzer water. I like, think people it's drink seltzer those beer. on purpose. They're like, oh, I love TV static. Yeah. Anyway, worst three. I don't. I think um, number one worst is a warm one. Yeah. Um, second worst is a shooken up one, <laughs> and third worst is an empty one. <laughs> I was gonna say going going off of that, my favorite three are gonna <laughs> oh, be uh, to free, cold, and uh, tall. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my least favorite is any wheat beer, uh, other than uh, a Sea Dog Blueberry. Those can stay for sure. Um, I'm not a not a big pine needle fucking and cat pissed kind of guy. No. Any IPA can just fuck right off. Yeah. Um like just forever and always. Um uh but like legitimately speaking though favorites, I would say I like a good uh they're really hard to find, but Miller Genuine Draft. MGD. So not not a high life and not a light, but an MGD. Um those things fucking hit the spot every time. Yeah, everybody you know knows. Me. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows I, I'm a big Miller Lite kind of guy. Uh, also, Sea Dog Blueberry, like I said. Um, yeah, my my least three would or my least favorite three, I guess. Um, anything that's an IPA, for sure. Just, um, they can all just go right in the toilet. Second would be anything that's like the, that, like really, like what is it, malt? Like the dark, dark, like, like a Guinness stout. Yeah, a stout, stout, a stout. Yeah. Guinness, a stout. Guinness, the the look is deceiving. It they aren't as like they don't taste like uh, liquid asphalt. Like yeah, they look I've like, had, <laughs> it looks real. Thick. They actually are really good. <laughs> a li- they're, they're, a liquid button loop. <laughs> yeah, button they're, uh, hoop. They're heavier than your average Coors Light, but <laughs> <laughs> balloon nut, <laughs> balloon nut. <laughs> Well, I'm you, trying to think of what got there. The chocolate, <laughs> chocolate starfish. Yeah, stink star. <laughs> a leather hoop. What is it? Uh, what I can't remember what the people on Pardon My Take were saying. Uh, it just got stuck. It's like in my a hair head. scrunchie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically what most fucking stats taste like uh, to me. And if if I'm being honest, like any if it was any of the light beers walking into a beer cooler, 
Gotta say, probably Miller Lite's the one I'm not gonna buy. I've been on, like, I'm a silver bullet if it's the last possible option. Uh, Miller Lite, I'll buy if if I know that it's you know a group of people that always like Miller Lite, like Charlie and just handful of other people. But Rusty, yeah, Rusty's a white one kind yeah, of guy. Yeah. So if I know that, my I know lady, my lady I'll, friend likes a white one. I'll drink unleaded if it comes down to it, but. Um, it, that's just because gas is too expensive. Yeah. And then uh, See, for me, Bud Light's like that to me. I just I can't fucking do it. Yeah, I uh, well actually I, I should have had twisted. It's, pro- it's, it's not probably because when I don't know when we first started dabbling in activities. I'm not going to specify an age. Maybe Fif- fifteen. Yeah, you get it. <laughs> um, I think we at one point owned stock in Coors Light. Yeah, that was burned like, ourselves out on that. That was like a a Beach Ridge thing. Like <clears throat> the kids, we always drank the Colorado Kool Aid. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the silver bullets were a Hawaiian in the parking lot. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Uh, Reagan's second question was, what is one thing you would do to uh, change your home track to improve it or like a rule you would change to make a serious <laughs> Don't open this can of worms. So, <laughs> so, so essentially he, he posed. He, he Buy said, it back. He said that. Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, we don't have a home track, Reagan. Um, well, Bobby does, kind of. Um, and I'm not making any suggestions. Said uh, <laughs> just... Yeah, put the shovel down, Bob. Tapping out. He basically <laughs> said that he wanted the weekly late models to be able to have uh, exhausts out their doors. Same. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care. But I, I get the. I get the. I know I was a cunt about it, but I get the exhaust thing. The when you live in the day and age of racetracks that were built in the '40s and '50s, and you have people that are ignorant enough to build a brand new house right next to it. And uh, they have complained that it's loud. Yeah, and yeah, they bought a house next to a racetrack, and they're bitching about the racetrack. It's like, well, you were the one fucking stupid enough to do that. But you live in a day and age where you have to cater the to, to the minority, unfortunately, and uh, loud exhausts usually piss off the neighbors. Loud noises. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Rob Alley Jr. said, after watching the act race in Quebec this weekend, is there any better name in racing than Danny Trepanier? Um, I had I had a nickname going of like cool the, racing name. Danny Trippinier. Yeah. I think That's I've said good. it before on the show, but there's this little d- buddy dude that <laughs> uh, hammered down in the uh, the Allison Legacy buggies at Weiss Cassette, and uh, his name is Callahan Cox. And that mm. that is shit. That's a fuck. Or Garner Klinger. Garner Klinger. Je- yeah. Jeffrey Battle's a pretty. That's sick a pretty battle. Yeah. 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 Matt Dowsk's son Brody, Brody Dow. That's yeah. a race car driver's name. Like when, when it's, Matt it's like, had Brody, it's like that kid's gonna race cars someday. <laughs> it, it's usually like a a one to two or a two to one syllable name yeah. that just slaps every time. Yeah. yeah, I have too many syllables, syllables yeah. in my name. Syllables, if you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd probably I'd probably put all those in uh, the top. Five. Garner Klinger's in my top five. Jeffrey Battle's in my top five. Callahan Cox, I'm uh, I don't hate it. Would be maybe a sixth. I think there was a guy that was probably number one. Yeah, yeah. It's a guy that runs this wicked badass street stock. Like he goes viral because he hauls an open trailer. I think he's like Boo Carlisle. Yeah, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. There's a couple. There's a. It's, co- it's guy. always it's always the two to one or one to two yeah. though. Like even going back in the day, Homer Drew. Yeah. Like that's a race car driver. Fuck yeah. I don't know. It's just I, there's a lot of guys. Whenever you watch the Cold uh, trickle. Whenever you watch the. Uh, Russ Wheeler, Rowdy Burns. Whenever I watch dirt track racing, there's always like there's the handful of names that you're just like, that's a fucking name, right? Even there. like Doug Kobe, that's a great like, name. That guy fucking wheels. Oh my god, absolutely. Matt Hirschman wheels. Mm-hmm. Jeff Boisley. Jeff Boisley. Is that how you say it? Boj- I only Boj- said it because he just Boj- Jeff Boisley. He has not been SK when, lighting lately. Wow. When you watch the when you watch the Chili Bowl though, there's always like a couple that stick out there. Like that's pretty fucking cool. Like Buddy Kofoid, that's a pretty sick. Michael Buddy Kofoid, hell yeah. Buddy Kofoid, 
Um, yeah, Brady Bacon. Of, lot, Brady Bacon, great one. Um, Wind me, dine me, 69 me out of Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. It's Brady Bacon. Yeah, so I guess we didn't really talk about <laughs> the, uh, well, I, I didn't watch any of the act. I saw that um, that feller that keeps hitting shit a lot this year so far uh, has, uh, that won, he won, so started from the bottom and now uh, Who's that? he did the win. The 41? Oh, Jonathan Bouveret. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Very, very good at the Autodrome Chaudière Valley Junction. Yeah, he's actually usually pretty fucking good wherever he goes, but he had some bad luck at, uh, yeah, at Loudon and then at Thunder Road. Back-to-back races, he absolutely fucking biffed the thing. So um, glad that he ended up in victory lane. But, uh, I assume it's his home track, but um, that... Uh, while, certainly a lot closer to his home than Oxford. Yeah. While... Uh, <laughs> yeah. While... DJ Shaw was taking over the act point lead, I know, up there. Um, Derek Gluchaki got the win at uh, Seekonk in the oh, regular late models. Uh, I didn't even put two and two together now that you say that DJ wasn't at Seekonk. Yeah. yeah. And Derek also, wasn't at Shadiac. Going yeah. off of names, how did we forget Sparky MacGyver? Well, that's a pretty fucking ball. Because of Never mind. <laughs> well, I'll put the shovel down. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to race with. <laughs> Hell of a name, though. Uh, also, I know... I, Maybe someone commented it in the wrong spot. He's like, one of the cuzzos that does like the one hand, right? Drives one handed in a super modified. It shows. Someone, someone uh, want. <laughs> <laughs> I was f- afraid for my life passing him on the top at Lee last week. Someone uh, wanted. Did anyone see the Johnny Clark and Angelo Belsito incident? Because, yeah, I was gonna just. Yeah. When you started talking about uh, Gluchag, that I thought we'd just segment right into the Seacon yeah. races. Yeah. Or, so Derek Gluchag, he won the the late model race, but I watched the video where they were like three wide for like three laps straight which was fucking badass yeah. to watch it was a good finish yeah um so derek obviously picked up the win down there while the rest of his american tour american canadian tour buddies were uh, up north of the border and uh i yeah. wonder why wonder then why he did not continue yeah, i mean i chase. can tell you why i feel like seaconk is significantly closer to his house than uh canadian. It, i think it has something to do with uh like a whole my body my choice type thing oh that's a rule and i'm not still. talking roe versus wade I'm talking uh, yeah, getting jabbed. Yeah, yeah, Derek didn't have an abortion, so he couldn't go to uh, yeah. Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's still a thing. I forgot that we're dealing with in this time, this time and age. I took a COVID test for the first time um, last week. You can't get into Canada, Charlie, without the vaccine. Nice. <laughs> so we huh. can't go to Canada if you were trying to go to Canada. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's tough. Uh, I'm sure that that won't be a thing for too much longer because I'm sure their tourism industry is absolutely plummeting. Um, but that's fine. Good so that means plenty every... of fucking French people at the mini golf course yesterday, though. Oh my god! I don't yeah. think that the rule's not the rule is not that you right. You, no, I know you, it's only to go up. You right. can come back down without it because it's the flu. Um, just don't don't bring a weed pen to Russia. Yeah, don't do that either. Holy <clears throat> shit. Have you seen that? That bitch is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Do you know what we're talking about? Yeah, Bob? Brandy Griner. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a problem. Yeah, that's well. a fuck of a situation. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, no know the rules. <laughs> well Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's to, to does me, the I crime like, fit the punishment? No. No, but, God no. But you don't fuck around. Like, no. I just I I feel like she probably didn't even realize she had the fucking thing. Probably not. It's so lax here. Yeah, now she's just fucking. Det- yeah, it's legit, like legal everywhere. Everywhere, it's crazy. I was dri- when I was driving down Route One in Mass. I was like, oh, it's. it's br- I basically passed the cannabis store, and I was like, I had no idea that Mass know, actually had the thing. Fucking do you know completely how legalized. many people would still have no idea who Brittany Griner is if she just left her weed pen at home? Uh, I knew who she was because she was 
the best women's fucking college basketball, one of the best women's college basketball players ever. I mean, Baylor, you can just say no one watches the NBA, WNBA. WNBA. 16 That's to what nine. I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These girls command up to $5,000 a year. <clears throat> Is it worth being so unattractive for that little money? We'll let the fan decide. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> One of the best Family Guy skits <laughs> oh, ever. No. Oh. Yeah, that was. We're gonna give credit to Family Guy on that one, not Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that you that didn't was... come up with that on your own, right? No, Bob? no okay, that, was, that was a Family Guy good. skit. Yeah. They're good. good. <laughs> they, they show You're like learning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome back. Speaking of fucking whack jobs, Sue Happy cunts. That guy emailed my personal email. Did you get that too? From last time? No. Nope. The fucking blue emu bitch's fucking dad. Nope. That guy's a cunt. Well, anyway. yeah. <laughs> we got confirmation from other legend car pals that uh, he also threatened to sue the local legend car establishment I, I got, uh, near so us. The only reason I know this. For not just giving him money. Only reason I know parts. this. I, I ordered a K1 fire suit, right? This is how this all connects somehow. I ordered a K1 fire suit. Put in my time. Waited my, my allotted amount of weeks until it showed up in the mail. I go to open it up like a kid on Christmas. The thing could not be more fucked up. Uh, all throughout the entire suit. So I'm trying to scroll through my emails <laughs> to the, the rep that I had been working with, and I, I'm like, what the fuck? And I saw that the Cuzzo there had emailed. I'm like, I'm not, am I on the BFP? I'm on my own personal one. And it was like an attack on the business with like the address and everything on it. I'm like, oh, that's fucking cute. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that guy is absolutely fucked in the head. And uh, it was funny <laughs> to like, for like Wednesday morning or like Wednesday at noon, we're putting in a, put in a group chat where there's like a paragraph of just like, oh yeah, this guy did the exact same thing to me because I basically wouldn't just give him whatever he wanted. And I was like, ah, yeah, one of those guys, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the pro all-star series went to Seekonk on Saturday. Uh, that, looked like an absolute clusterfuck slugfest um, looked like the uh at least the beginning of the stafford fucking sk race um they balled up everything on lap one and zero and uh i don't know that it was the exact same type of deal i don't know when the the wrecks all happened but they had the big one uh out of two down the back shoe and then uh, yeah johnny clark just turned angelo balsito kind of got into him got him a little sideways and then uh <laughs> got Johnny's... into him getting into three and it was like let him gather it up and waited for him to be 99 percent gathered up and then finished him off yeah and uh it and johnny in this post-race interview kind of said the exact same thing he was just like yeah like i kind of messed up there like to me like it looked like he checked up but i i kind of like waited for him to gather it back up and then just he was just like i, I didn't johnny doesn't race like that i mean no. that was very uncharacteristic when i watched the highlights you know kind of a johnny clark stan even though i raced against him but he's never never raced like that like he'll get he'll get down and dirty when when you ruffle his feathers but I don't know. I didn't see, you know, they the highlights only show what the highlights show. Saw some reports that they thought that maybe the 8 might have even deserved it uh, after the way he raced the 54. That I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, I guess Angelo built a brand new car for this year just basically on account that Johnny beat him for the win there last fall in the Haunted 100. And um, apparently the car is very fast. He still drove back to second, but he was not thrilled with the 54 to say the least. No. Uh, and uh, had a good reason to not be thrilled. I uh, feel like he was definitely in the right there from at least everything that I saw, and uh, it sounded like even with Johnny's post-race interview that he was he didn't mean to do it, didn't mean to get into him, but obviously he did and uh, cost him the win and said he would talk to him when the time is right. So Kind of surprised Johnny didn't get put to the rear. It's it's not very often in today's day and age that you dump the leader and get away with it. But Yeah, that uh, 
Maybe, and, and that was that but was maybe pretty... that's maybe that speaks to maybe that Angelo deserved it because Tom Mayberry is definitely not bashful. If he thinks that you deserve to get punted, he's going to be okay with somebody punting you. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I didn't see any of uh, what transpired to lead up to it, but uh, it was such an egregious move that you'd assume that something happened for uh, Johnny to do that, or at least to was get, not knock it back, sent back to the back for it. Was him. not nearly as egregious as dumping Dave Darling in the middle of the straightaway and wadding up fifteen cars. That was pretty egregious. Oh, yeah, that driver got sent to the back. So. Yeah, that's my weapon of the week is Gabe Brown. I love you, Gabe, but I certainly don't ever want to race with you. And uh, <laughs> just dumb Dave Darling in the middle of straight, like not in the middle of straightaway, but right coming off a of two, might as well be in the middle of straightaway. Just drove right through him, turned him, crossed him up, and turned him, and uh, I'm piled sure it up. It wasn't his fault. Well, and and I don't. I read comments. I don't know if somebody said you know that they weren't happy with the way that Dave Darling raced him, but I don't think Dave Darling dumped him in the middle of the straightaway in front of the whole field. So I uh, I guess got him uh, as well as. Every other black car with white numbers. Um, Angelo. The whole field was in it? But, yeah, pretty much. A <laughs> um, lot, of, lot of black cars, white numbers, and Orion Coon were uh, pretty balled up in that mess. That's a white so. car with a black number. Uh, yeah, so. Um, right. Shout out Gabe. He's got both. <laughs> Weapon of the week. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm sure I'll, he'll message me all pissed off, but. He'll get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Well, I think uh, Devin Deshaies picked up the win in the Legend car at Seekonk as well. I had that in my notes. I don't have uh, not much else. No, that was literally my only note. <laughs> what, what, the gay was the weapon of the week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have a weapon of the week. I didn't watch a ton of racing. I watched uh, a bit of the highlights of uh, of Stafford uh, today. I actually watched more of the highlights of Stafford than anything else, but I, I did try to watch a little bit of the Thunder Road highlights as well. Um, a lot of racing on to watch on Flow on Friday this yeah. week or even Saturday, and I didn't get a chance to watch it. I did watch the Riverhead Tour race um, replay. Um, the local Kyle Soper, first time a Riverhead regular won a tour race uh, at Riverhead. He's a he's a the best one of the best regular guys there, and uh, they told him that in victory lane, and he said, "I wasn't even born the last time this happened." So yeah, I think they said it was twenty seven <laughs> years ago. Yeah. So. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, he he uh, passed Justin Bonsignor. Uh, about due for a race. boat ride. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that we'll take a boat ride here at the end of the year. Yeah, sounds the, like we're gonna get the whole crew to do it again. The so. Star Banquet isn't on the same because that's why I didn't go last year with you guys. Was the Star Banquet was that Saturday night? I definitely want to get to Riverhead, um, one of the places that looks badass. Even if I only go there just once. Never have um, you ever. Never Riverheaded. It's worth your time. Hold yeah. the river. Um, Don't miss turn two. <laughs> you land right in the Christmas tree shop. That's good. I could use some cheap decor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, hang some jingle bells off the control arm. I did rip it off. <laughs> I did have that we uh, we hit two hundred thousand downloads this week. That's pretty cool. Hey, uh, hey, hey, go us. Hey, good I think for us. A hundred thousand of them have been Woody Pitcat. Yeah, yes, <laughs> he's, correct. He's uh, currently trying to go back and listen to every single episode. Is pissed that a lot of them got scrubbed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I don't know what happened there. And by pissed, um, like legitimately upset. Yeah, what the fuck, guys? Yeah, how, yeah. how do you go from twenty six <laughs> to forty one? It's like, well. Uh, 27 through 40 got scrubbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, if those were still there, we wouldn't have a show now. Yeah. So. <laughs> it wouldn't be up to 173. So, <laughs> well, uh, Eminem hit us up at one point, so we took a lot of them down. Um, but now this looks like a good uh, job for me. So, everybody, just follow me because we need a little. 
controversy because it feels so empty without me. Anyways, today's episode is brought to you by Any Racing News. Also, Dan, Dan Carlin, Any Designs and Marketing. Hit them up for any hero cards or if you need social media stuff done, banners and a whole bunch of other stuff. They got some pretty cool stuff. Check them out. Be sure to follow them on Facebook and believe they got the Instagrams as well. Good. They they help promote our show. They help promote a lot of the other local shows and uh, all the races that are happening around the area. So I, I can say this only because I feel like we know Dan very well at this point and a uh, real, real good pal of ours. Been to many racetracks with Dan, uh, incredibly intelligent human being. But if you looked at him and you didn't know who Dan Collins was, <laughs> You'd be like, that guy doesn't know a fucking thing about he's racing. He's just a loud he drunk guy. He is just a loud, drunken mess. He's very intelligent, and if he's not getting paid for half of the promotional stuff he does on Facebook... You know, it's a crime. He should be getting paid between his personal page and then the any marketing and designs page. He, uh, he also, page, if you need something made up like hero cards or... Website or anything. even just Facebook or just like story, you know pictures or whatever to promote your racing and, and again he, he, if you look at him you're like that guy doesn't even know how to turn on a computer but he uh actually can do like you said website design he built my racing cool computer shit. for me yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he's very intelligent so uh very hilarious good too. for dan thanks a for the of, uh, support daniel a lot of little billy fuck faces on the face bobby weber actually said that in our driver's meeting <laughs> <on> saturday <laughs> <Did> morning he? <laughs> yes he, we got talking about Weber just said how he like wished sometimes that Facebook wasn't a thing. And he's like, you know, back in my day, we didn't have drivers. You know, they just settled it that night. They didn't go home and call him little Billy fuck faces on Facebook. <laughs> like Dan did. He looks at me and I'm like, why are you looking at me? I didn't say it. <laughs> Chase Lock is in the room, even though he hasn't been racing at star. They were at the meeting. I'm like, eh, uh, not going to look to my left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, also had a, a shout out to Tim Welshans. Welshans, I think, uh, been uh, going through some stuff, I guess, this year, and uh, shout out to him, and good luck uh, street stonking, I believe. Uh, he uh, runs a street stock, hauls, hauls it in on an open trailer with a farm truck, so we Hell absolutely yeah. love that. Uh, love an absolute, love a street stonk, and uh, even more when they, they come in on an open trailer. So good luck to him the rest of the year, and uh, shout out. And uh, also, Bruton Smith died, so that was pretty big. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, that's sad, and then did the math. He was 95? Five. Yeah. 95. That, that's... Yeah, that's all of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's lived uh, obviously a very successful life. I and, met Bruton uh, Smith once when I was a wee lad at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. We were talking legend cars at the Nell Car booth on Cup Weekend, and he uh, came by, and there was a couple other very high ups that were wanted to talk to legend car kids. I don't know why us, but got to meet him one time. Hell yeah, so that was cool. Nice sure, fella. Sure no one time. cares, but was he a nice fella? Yep. Yeah, it wasn't. Didn't stay very long. Just. Quick hi, quick bye. But oh. nice, better than nothing. So uh, NASCAR, and I didn't watch a single lap of anything that went on this weekend. I yes, didn't I either. Um, I know that Ryan Priest uh, laid his cock out in the truck race. Uh, I think we were watching bits and pieces of that while we were at the uh, NASCARs, right? He does do the winning at the Nashvilles, <laughs> sort of like how I do the winning at the Hudsons. Yeah, he, he's a, he's good for a pick 'em up truck <clears throat> win at uh, at the old Nashville there. But uh, uh, before we get too carried away here, bringing uh, the Puskas Pooper review into play here. Uh, what this is is uh, Chris Puskis. He's the engine tuner for the number two uh, NASCAR Cup Series car driven by Austin Sindrick, owned by Roger Penske. Uh, also, my good buddy Scott Dinnan uh, went to college with him. This is his brother-in-law. So, uh, Puskis Pooper Review, Nashville, 4.6. Ooh. That's tough. Comfy stalls. Mind you, this is every time I do this, this is the also the first time I'm reading it along with the crowd here. So, 
Nashville, point, 4.6. Comfy stalls, two-ply shit paper, and a toilet at the ideal height is a plus, but the smell and... <laughs> The smell and hot, stagnant air is what hurts this one the most. <laughs> Imagine being in a trash bag filled with dog shit. <laughs> uh, needs a fan and air freshener. Bad. I'm sure on a 70 degree day it's okay, but it's 95 here, and this has to be. This has got to be what Satan's septic tank is like. Might call mom about this one and have her send some Febreze for this one. <laughs> Uh, so there is your Nashville Super Speedway Puskas Pooper review, four point six. Uh, not a not a chart topper apparently. No, yeah, tough. Uh, yeah, I was gonna just say Satan's septic tank. It's uh, it's so the <laughs> that's a sentence I didn't know existed. We watched a little bit of the the truck race at the go karts, and we were watching Priest was leading. Uh, Chandler, not Chandler, fucking Zane Smith was in second, and uh, Carson Osvar was in third, and Priest had like a pretty sizable lead, and I'm like, oh, Priest is about to win this race. It's pretty cool. And then, like, he went in through one of the turns and just lost it, all, his whole lead. And it was like Zane Smith was going to pass him. I don't know what happened, but um, almost stepped on his wing. I'd like to talk to him and ask him what the fuck happened. But still uh, ended up driving away, taking the win again, obviously. Uh, second one consecutively at Nashville in the pick em up trucks. And then uh, went out there and finished sixth in the Xfinity race when I had him to finish in the top five. So. And, and I believe a BJ McLeod car, too, correct? Yeah. Which I mean, not. It's BJ McLeod. Yeah. It's, a, it's a Stuart Haas Xfinity ride. But, With yeah. a 15 on it. Mm, yeah. Yeah, five, but yeah, same thing. Um, but yeah, and then I, I watched the the what an absolute fuck show the NASCAR Cup Series race was yesterday. I got home and uh, turned it on. They had an hour long lightning delay, um, and then they raced for 140 laps of 300, and then it absolutely downpoured, and um, they ended up putting the race on USA. But they're like, if we go back green, it will go on USA. If not, we'll do it at noon tomorrow. So I assume that no one could be able to fucking find it if they didn't have Twitter or if they just watched Law and Order for four hours. But dun, dun, dun. Um, the literally like three dun, hours dun. later, they go back green um, and uh, Chase Elliott and Kyle Busch were putting on a fuck of a show. Chase Elliott was faster, got by him, and then uh, Kyle Busch tried to run him back down, wasn't able to. And um, then uh, Kosh came out because Josh Balicki blew up with uh, eight to go, nine to go, which uh, was awesome to see um, things you love when the race is already going on too long as a caution with nine to go um, because of Josh Balicki specifically. And um, so they basically uh, Josh um, pulls down to the garage. They're like, oh, like, you know, wonder if you're going to pit. And they're like, you can't pit from the or Jeff Burton's like, you can't pit from this spot. If you're like one of the leaders, you're the top four or whatever. And Chase Elliott stays out on the racetrack, and then Kyle Busch and the majority of the guys that were behind him that were in contention all come down pit road. It's like th there's eight to go. I don't. Seems like a pretty fucking dumb idea. And then what happened on the restart? Kyle Busch got bottlenecked up behind someone on the outside line, and then I think he just fucking drove it into the wall and just dro like he was like gonna hit the wall, and then instead of like checking up, like I think it was the video that was sent in our group chat today. He literally just drives it into the fence and then just rides the fence like he's in Straight NASCAR. Like, yeah, he's, like, pissed off in a NASCAR game, uh, which is hilarious <laughs> to see. I mean, I respect the move for sure. Chase Elliott goes on to win. Uh, the only person in the BFP picks to pick Chase Elliott was Alyssa Casagrande. Naturally, that is her favorite driver, and I tried to talk her out of it just because I was like, hey, you know, you have to pick one driver each week, and you can only use the driver once. And, uh, well, I'm glad she didn't listen to me because I Are you doing that the same way we do ours, where if they actually win the race, it's a zero? Um... Oh, I was just gonna do it. She gets one point. Oh, gets one point for winning. Yeah, okay, so yeah, that makes more sense. Everyone else is everyone else uh, on Patreon. I think there was like twenty eight, thirty people. Um, actually, no, twenty eight, 
28 plus there's 34 people that were all vying for uh, the $200 in merch at the end of the year. Anyone that joins Patreon from uh, here on out, I guess if you join this week, um, you can still join still get in. in. You're only down by one. It, well, no, you can still join in, but you're going to get uh, last place points for last week, unfortunately. So, um, that uh, you'll get you'll get Alex Bowman. You'll use Alex Bowman. He'll be off the board. But uh, so yeah, everyone just gets points based on where your driver finishes. So she starts out with a one. She's the only one that had Chase, and uh, I think I did pretty decent. Yeah, you won our picks again. Um, Fucking it's rigged. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna just start <laughs> adding points to you. Uh, you had Ross Chastain. He finished fifth. I had Christopher Bell. Kind of took him on a whim. Um, had I done a little bit of research, I probably should have waited a week to take him, but. Uh, he was eighth and uh, just edged out Charlie, who had Joey Logano in ninth. So, of course. that being said, we got Road America on 4th of July weekend for the second year in a row now. Um, NASCAR moving the 4th of July date to Road America instead of Daytona. Charlie, you are up first. Uh, okay. Uh, is Dinger racing? Um, I was about you, to be my next question. Yeah, I don't. I don't know which one he. I would assume so. I would. I would think so. Um, I can't imagine that Noah. This would be the last time you could use the sixteen. You used him two weeks ago. Just heads up. But that's probably okay. But yeah, we're in the second half of the season now. So now's the time to start using guys a second time. I I feel like every time I have like such a solid pick and like in contention to win. And something fucking stupid happens every time. I didn't watch any of Nashville, so I don't really know what happened to Julio right. Gano. I picked, it was just a, I picked uh, a run, but. the dinger at R- Coda, and he was leading until he wasn't and right. finished 30th. And so. I, I picked him. Where did I pick him? I picked him at uh, Sonoma. And Sonoma. He was beating at least Brad and yeah. put it in the fucking gravel trap on the last right. lap. <laughs> yeah, as as one does. Uh, yeah. So he's 0 for 2 so far. He's bound for a win. We're going to go with the dinger. Yeah. <coughs> so I'm going to go... Uh, you Christ. I am dying. Now, I picked Christopher Bell last week on a whim. He got me a two. I'm going to fucking use him again because <laughs> he <laughs> finished second in this race a year ago. Hell yeah. So I'm going to use Christopher Bell again. Fuck it. <laughs> and I'm going to use Austin Sindrick. You know, I was thinking about using him, but he uh, just hasn't really been that good. I yeah. say if, um, if it's a lately. If I have a throwaway pick, I feel like it's Dinger right now. So, yeah. Well, I'm just going to. Ride uh, the lightning. Bell uh, ran in the top ten this week. First time he's been relevant, I think, in a long time. So, well, that was uh, that's NASCAR talk. Yeah, NASCAR. and that was episode one seventy three this weekend. Um, Bobby and I, like I said, oh. are going to Stafford. Pretty well, hold on, we got that. open feckin' wheel Wednesday. Oh fuck yeah! I forgot oh, about that. Bob, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. I'm racing at Seekonk this Wednesday. The uh, um, Tri Track Modified Series hundred laps, three fifty smack. I think we're going forty or fifty. Then what lights. time is that? I think, I think he starts six thirty. Um, How far away is Seekonk from Biddeford? Two, two and a half, half hours. hours. Bradley, are you partaking in Open Wheel Wednesday? I am going to Open Wheel Wednesday. Yes. Is it your actual birthday on Wednesday? It is on Thursday. Fuck. I won on my dad's birthday. I won on my Graham's birthday. I was really hoping it was actually your birthday on Wednesday. I mean, I can go back twenty-five years and see if we can change. Is it? Something. Isn't this year a leap year? <laughs> I don't think it works like that, Bob. Uh, heat races are at six o'clock, starting with the NEMA lights, and then they do the national anthem at six twenty-five, and then the three fi- or the six thirty, the uh, tour type and the smack. So the tour starts at the tour type mod starts at six thirty. So unless you care Every, about NEMA light <clears throat> heat races, I'd have to leave it what three thirty. That probably wouldn't work. Don't suck, Bob. Um, we ran kind of shitty there last year and still finished fourth. Um, obviously. 
I don't have to contend with a Jeffrey battle at these races, but that being said, still not going to be easy. Dave Helliwell is driving a Muldoon car. You got Scotty Watts, who's fresh off his second win of the season. Uh, PJ Sturgis, who's won there a lot in midget, he's going. So it'll be tough, but I think uh, I think we hit on something at Star last week. Might have been on accident, but it worked either way. So uh, I got my buddy Kevin Nobly coming to work on the car, and I've never run worse with Kevin's help and guidance. He is one smart motherfucker. Um, so I'm what, really looking are, forward to this one. Are you handicapped because you won the Hudson race? The only hand they do a one race handicap, which is awesome. I think if they you know they they finally like embraced the 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 touring series like lineups. It's just draw. You just draw. And if you finish in the top four in your heat race, you draw again. And if you won the the last race you were in, you have to start 12th. That's it. And I started 12th at Lee. And that was my penalty for winning Hudson. So now Scotty Watts has to start 12th where he won at Lee. And uh, I could start on the pole if I redraw pole. So. All right. Fair enough. Dope. Yeah. Kind of. I, I'm going to that and completely forgot that it was happening. So, yeah, I was just so excited for this weekend. Yeah, because, I'm super uh, excited for this weekend, too. We're going to Stafford on Friday, Bradley yeah. and I, as we had touched on a little bit earlier, covering SRX. Um, I am pumped. I'm absolutely pumped. I've never been this pumped to be a spectator, I think, in a long, long time. Yep. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And uh, sounds like we're going to be crashing at Daddy's house. So uh, Oh, good. I was wondering. I was, yep, uh, yep. I was actually thinking I was going to sleep in the passenger seat of your car. but. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, that's always an option, but, uh, daddy's house, uh, the daddy inn and suites is, uh, is open for business. <laughs> I have been told. So right. if we do go to double penetration calzones, I am not getting the breakfast calzone again. Oh do my not, God. Do not let me do that again. Absolutely. Foul. Yeah. <laughs> it was that's so, <laughs> so, so bad. I, I hyped up double penetration dough, which, which is obviously DP dough. Uh, well, I guess not obviously it's going to be double, double penetration Actually, um, do you want to double penetrate the dough with me? I mean, not a breakfast one. <laughs> yeah, that one stunk. That one's way too dry. <laughs> there was no fucking a lot sauce of or anything. It was like, it was so bad. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that that's in the cards for this week uh, somewhere uh, over by you. Do you guys get some cookies or something? Yeah, too? insomnia yeah. cookie ice cream sandwiches. Oh, they are God. so good. We are we go full fucking fat so on friday stoner night. it sounds like it, we do they'll wait our we just get under the influence of fucking alkaboos and then we end up at yukon speaking uh, of ice cream sandwiches so saturday at star it was 90 degrees all day i tend to eat very light very healthy i bought a there's a little wrap for lunch with some pineapple some grapes i just trying to eat very good I wanted to go up in the stands to watch the sling bomber race which was two races before mine the slingshots and um Sit with Brad Babb, and his sister comes up with two ice cream sandwiches. Like, here you go, guys. I'm like, man, this probably isn't a good idea on a 100-degree day, but me and Brad looked at each other and said, well, if we shit our fire suits later in the race, we'll know why, and we <laughs> devoured those ice cream sandwiches. Can't go wrong with a good ice cream sandwich. I got I had, home. had to eat it in 30 seconds because it was melting faster than we could eat them. But Yeah, I got home f- Sunday. And I'm like, I have nothing to do. My mom had a birthday party for me like later in the day because we only do shit on weekends because everyone works and is busy. So um, she was like, oh, like we're doing a birthday party at four. I'm like, all right. So I wake up at noon because I got home at way too early in the morning. Um, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I really want ice cream. But like I didn't want to go and just get like a cone because I knew it would be disgusting and gross. So I just literally got a pint of ice cream and sat outside with fucking like almost no clothes on just in the sun baking. Um, by the time I pulled the top off the, uh, the, the pint ice cream that I had there, it was uh, soft and not ready to be devoured. So good, uh, good day for ice cream. Um, and, uh, it was a good weekend, I guess all around for ice cream, but, uh, it looks like we're gonna have some pretty good weather this week and, uh, going into the weekend. So excited for uh, everything that we've got going on. 
Um, but yeah, that was ep- uh, episode one. Well, I, I was going to say, while you guys are doing Srex things, uh, Friday I'm going to go down to the USA Speedway. Good uh, little field of pro stocks starting to stack up for their first of their, their three doublehead racing series that good. they're doing with the pro stonks. There's going to be a, a healthy field of pro stonks, I think. Gonna maybe, maybe hopefully feel a little bit more at home again here in Andy Austin on the loudspeaker. It is pretty cool. I totally forgot to even bring it up on last week's show. Um, you know, Seeing Andy in the pit area while I was wearing a fire suit, that was cool. That hasn't happened in a long time. Uh, he for sure came over with the entire super modified roster. I was like, how do I say this guy's name? How do I say this guy's <laughs> name? How about this guy? And I'm like, half of these guys ain't even here, dude. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, no, that's going to be a time. We'll uh, just meander, I think. I'm going to try and be a fan on Friday. That'll be a lot of fun. I love Leo Say Speedway. It's a beautiful facility. I, it, it sounds as though uh, Joe Bassett and team, they're, they're improving on it every time you go there. And that's all you can really ask out of a racetrack. It might not be perfect every time, but... If they're at least working on it, that's all. Uh, that's all you can ask for. So, uh, gonna ho- head over there. Maybe have a beer three at the uh, the old uh, the bar there. That's also a hot setup bar. Uh, looking right down at the racetrack there, New Hampshire's uh, Center for Speed, Leo SA Speedway. Like I said, I have a big old lady boner for Pro Stock, so uh, I'm gonna watch that race. And then uh, Saturday, we will have a race car at a racetrack. Hell yeah! Yep. Seventy three. Andy Jankowiak. Joey Dwyeron. Matt Hodgson. Josh Hodgson. Josh, Josh had another podium at Star this week. I forgot to mention. Toward the thing all to fuck. Didn't even get to watch the Sling Bomber race because those dipshits crashed four times in five laps and Weber kicked them off till the end of the night and yeah. I was caught up in tech when they went back oh, out. Dave Cameron won. Holy fuck, I almost forgot that too. Yeah, you can't forget Dave that. Cameron. Uh, he's three in a row for him personally, two in a row at Star. Um, on quite got something figured out. Yeah. The, who's uh, the 73 at Stafford? Because he's the one that absolutely lawn darted yeah, it over the other Andrew tick, Mike Mueller. Carr, but I don't know who it is. He he hit him so I think he's still in the air. Andrew Moeller's like car. Like when glitches, he had a, he had, flying yeah. into the stands. Andrew Moeller came back out on the racetrack with a hatchback. Yeah, Montesanto, John, John Montesanto. That sounds about right. I think that's who it is. Uh, yeah. John McKennedy used to be a seventy-three back. Back in the day before he was a I 79. Know, I don't know why I know this, but uh, the reason Matt Hodgson was a 73 is because it was the year he was born. And then, then Josh obviously inherited that as well, too. And I think Joey Dryon has it because it was like the only number available between yeah. all the Pro Stock series at one point. Joey switched to 73 when he <clears throat> got his first American-Canadian Tour late model. It was at Lee. When he, I think he started in like 08 or 07. And I remember he showed up to Lee and it was 73 and none of us knew why. I still don't know why. Well, I, I think it was... Because he I, was... He I was think 21. He'll always 20, be the 20 to me. Or yeah, the he 21. Was, but he yeah. was 21 and 20 in go karts. He was 11 in the sports series at Beechridge, and then was 73 in late models, and just kind of hung with that for a I, while. I could be making this up, and I very well may be, but I'm pretty sure the 73 came from the. It was the only number available between like Act Pass, and then eventually Granite State. At one point, it was it was the only number available between all the series. That makes sense. And Barker wasn't he was in a team car for him. Parker was 70, that was like a 78. Yeah, we, yeah. we filled the three in oh, with black shit. duct tape to yeah. 78. <laughs> I knew I knew that he didn't he drive his car though a couple times when it was just a 73. Yeah. Charlie Buxton yeah. drove it once yeah. as well in a Grand State race at Oxford as 73. Yeah. That's all I can think of. 73 is a it's a cool number. It looks yeah. good. It's yeah. done right. Man. Uh, well, that was episode 173. Thanks again to any racing news and any designs and marketing. available for the future. Sponsorship available for the future. Sponsorship available for the future. Yes. Bow, 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 bow. Sponsors. We Ship like sponsors. Available. Oh, sponsorship available. For we like future. your sponsorship. For future shows. And by future shows, we mean starting next week. Money, 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 money. Sponsors, welcome. Money. money. All right. 
See ya. Anyway, race car, race car. Here we go, race car.